0: Shalom, and welcome, everyone, to the ICEJ webinar series. I'm David Parsons, one of the vice presidents here at the International Christian Embassy Jerusalem, and our senior spokesman coming to you from our headquarters in the Israeli capital. We're doubling down this week with two uh, webinars. Yesterday, we talked about the IDF progress in Gaza with IDF spokesman uh, Jonathan Konrakis and Major Elliot Chadoff, uh, you can find that on our YouTube uh, channel and on our Facebook page. Go back, lots of good information material on in there on how, uh, how well Israel is going about its plan for dismantling Hamas in Gaza. Today, we're gonna deal with the legal issues surrounding this conflict and all the accusations and charges being leveled at Israel about committing war crimes, genocide, and, and all of that in, in Gaza. And uh, our special guest is Professor Avi Bell. Good to see you, Avi.
1: Good to see you as well, thank you for having me. Okay, coming
0: to us uh, from Washington right now, but Avi is, a, uh, Professor Bell is a member of the Faculty of Law at Barlon University and, and University of San Diego School of Law. He's previously taught at Fordham and the University of Connecticut. Uh, he has degrees from the University of Chicago and Harvard, uh, he also serves as a senior fellow with the Kohelet Policy Forum, uh, and uh, they were involved in some of the ideas for legal reforms over the past year here in Israel, and Professor Bell is a legal scholar in international law, the laws of war, and the Arab-Israeli conflict. We turned to him many times before at ICEJ events and on our webinars to try and understand all the legal international law issues surrounding all these wars that get thrust upon Israel time after time and all these charges, endless charges, genocide, genocide war crimes. Uh, and uh, Avi, help us uh, right now in this hour because the the accusations are flying everywhere. We hear it from uh Uh, not only the squad in Washington, but Queen Rania in uh, uh, Jordan and the BBC, of course. Uh, One article, I'll quote it, uh, depriving civilians of water, food, and electricity is a violation of international law, the UN says, so is attacking hospitals, even if Israel suspects Hamas fighters are hiding there. These are some of the accusations being uh, lobbed at Israel right now. How do you answer all of these charges that Israel is committing war crimes in Gaza?
1: Well, yeah, what I'm going to do, actually, I, I think that it's easier to understand all these things if I give you a, 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 a very short background. So that's that's great. OK, so the background you have to understand is that almost all the laws of war that we have today are based on a certain world theory. It's a moral theory of Thomas Aquinas and, um, there's a, um, uh, there's a passage um, in one of his books in which he discusses the moral puzzle of an action that has w- double effect. It, it has a good effect and a bad effect that we know about in advance. And the question is whether you can do this action that's going to cause good and bad. And uh, the way Aquinas frames it, he says, it's moral to do this thing that will cause both good and bad. If you intend the good, and uh, if the good outweighs the bad. Right, so um, and this is you know, when you're talking about war, it's an obvious way to frame things because war involves death and destruction. And um, when you're trying to figure out what are the right actions to take in, in carrying out war, you're trying to figure out how it is that one um, uh, uh, can morally use deadly force and carry out destruction um, when on the one hand, one knows that one's going to be, uh, uh um, civilians. So we're going to be hiring people who we don't want to harm. And on the other hand, um, there's, there's a pressing need to use deadly force in order to, to save ourselves, to save our civilians, to save people from, uh, the terrorists like Hamas who are doing acts that are, are inhuman. And, um, unless they're forcibly stopped, they will continue doing so. So that's that's the framework, um, and the, the the basic rules in 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 the laws of war are are like those set out by Aquinas, which is you may use deadly force and and destruction against the enemy, against uh, combatants on the other side, against objects that serve the uh, uh, the enemy, even though you know for certain there's going to be a bad effect of, uh, collaterally harming civilians, collateral. Damage is one of these horrible words that uh, we use, but it's it's a real legal term, right? That is, we expect, we know we're going to harm civilians anyway. Um, but um, as long as um, the the harm to, to civilians is not expected to be exaggerated, it's it's something that the laws of war sanction. And this is the, the basic picture that you have in the fighting in Gaza, is that you have one side, uh, the side of Hamas terrorists. That don't particularly care about this form moral framework. Um, in, in fact, they 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 oppose it. Their the aim of their force is to to strike at Israeli civilians, to strike at Jews. Um, uh, their aim is frankly genocidal. They they want to destroy the Jewish people in the land of Israel, um, and they violate the laws laws of war in almost every imaginable way. They 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 strike at civilians as such. They they abuse humanitarian symbols, right? They they use ambulances to ferry fighters around. They 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 have their head, headquarters in hospitals. Um, they use human shields all the time and openly so. They they hold hostages. Um, they carry out these depraved acts. like you know, they know they 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 raped, mutilated, uh, uh, tortured um, uh, the people that they, they assaulted on October seventh. Uh, um, parents in front of children, children in front of parents. It, it just you know, the the horrors are are, are unspeakable. Uh, and on the other side, you have um, a, a fighting force that is quite scrupulous about following the rules, and that means it aims its force at legitimate targets, at Hamas where Hamas is, at the terrorists themselves, at party, people who are participating in in uh, uh, conflict on the Hamas side and at those objects that Hamas uses um, in its conflict, which, by the way, include those ambulances and hospitals and uh, et cetera, that Hamas is misusing. Hamas there is breaking the law. Israel is not. Now, it's an unfortunate uh, side effect of this. We know that the law-abiding side is going to end up um, uh, having collateral damage. That is, one of the things that happens when you have a war between a, a law-abiding force on the other one side and a terrorist force that uses human shields on the other side, some of those shields are going to get hurt, some of those shields are going to get killed, and that's that's really awful. The, that said, it's a bad result that is expected with the good result, and we have a legal framework for dealing with it. Um, it's it's not very satisfying. But um, it's the best we can do. And the alternative of allowing Hamas to continue carrying out its depravity is just not an acceptable one. This is a case where it's clear what has to be done, even though we know there's some go- going to be some unfortunate consequences. Yes. Um,
0: so uh, Israel, they cut off their share of the power, the electric, to Gaza. Uh, for a, uh, a little while they cut off you know Israel's share of of the water that goes in there were a couple of days where they didn't allow food or aid medicine through the eras crossing but all of this is is going in again the uh, at least the 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 water pipes have been open in central and southern Gaza the food the aid the medicines are going in through eras but you're not required to give these things to an enemy, what what does the international law say about those particular items?
1: As a um, uh, you're you're old enough to remember this. Uh, back in the first Gulf War, um, when uh, they asked Colin Powell what his strategy was for uh, for <laughs> fighting the Iraqi army, and he said it's real simple: you cut it, cut it off, off, then you kill it. Exactly, you cut it off and you kill it. And and um, cutting off supply lines to the enemy is one of the most basic things one does in war. Um, sieges are lawful means of carrying out a war. Mm -hmm. Um, No party in a war has any duty to supply anything to the other side. Um, So Israel is under no legal obligation to supply electricity or water or food or clothing or medicine, anything. Um, And it's pretty basic that Israel has to, if it wants to bring the war to a, a rapid uh, and successful conclusion it has to cut off supply lines to uh, Hamas now that said there is there's a set of laws um in in wartime about specifically humanitarian supplies to civilians and that's um, um it's a limited list but it's basically food and medicine and uh, and the rule is that if you're uh um, know involved in a war every side and it doesn't make a difference if you're the the attacker the defender you know all sides have to um, um allow third parties to bring in humanitarian supplies unless um, there's a chance that it's going to be taken away by the enemy it's going to be diverted or um uh, there are a couple of other exceptions but um in the in this case in the case of fighting in Gaza it's not simply that uh, we know that um, aid to hu- humanitarian aid to the Gaza Strip ends up being uh, uh, diverted. We know for certain it's going to be diverted. Right? It's not that there's a chance. Um, um, Hamas completely controls all the delivery mechanisms in the Gaza Strip, and it's been using them for for more than a decade in order to steal the food, take over uh, um, the hospitals. Uh, take over the medicines um, right now. As as the fighting goes on, we know that Hamas has stored uh, water and food and medicine and uh, fuel uh, enough for several months of fighting, and it's holding it back from the uh, um, uh, from the civilians in in Gaza. Um, we had a, an incident a couple of days ago where there is there a, a, a there's a raid on uh, a UN warehouse of uh, of humanitarian supplies, where it's fairly clear that some of the people rating it were Hamas people themselves, um, there is absolute certainty that anything that goes in um, is going to be taken by Hamas. And that creates a situation where Israel ought not to. In fact, I would say, according to the law, it's forbidden for any state in the world to send in supplies when it knows that it's going to provide indirect support to the terrorist organization Hamas that's contrary to uh, UN Security Council Resolution 1373. So so what is it that you can do to rescue civilians in a situation like that? And it's obvious that there's there until you can get Hamas out of power in Gaza, the only realistic thing to do is to get the civilians, to get the human shields out of harm's way. And instead of trying to figure out how to get supplies into Hamas-controlled Gaza, what we ought to be doing is thinking about how do we get civilians out of Gaza so they're outside of harm's way. It seems to me that as long as Hamas is in power, that's the only realistic way to ensure that civilians are not harmed. You know, I know uh, in, in our recent,
0: uh, the past decade or two, uh the russian military doctrine we saw it in aleppo other places in the syrian civil war we've seen it in ukraine they just bombed cities to rubble there's no warning or whatever and there were times of of uh humanitarian corridors say in Mariupol. but you know i know russia has uh started lobbing charges against israel but israel seems to go out of its way more than any other uh, military, uh, the IDF, in the world uh, in trying to get civilians out of the way with all the warnings, all the robocalls, all the direct calls. Uh, and, and is that going to help shield Israel from some of the charges
1: that might be brought against? Well, I, Israel is doing this because it's trying to ensure that civilians don't get harmed. Um, It's not doing this with the belief that all of a sudden there's going to be a fair accounting in the world Mm. of Israel's actions, because we all know from experience that there are two entirely different standards that are used out there. Um, There's the one that's used for uh, everybody else in the world, and there's the one that's applied to, to Israel, the one that's applied to the Jewish state. And um, uh, th- there's actually a, a very good example just in the last few weeks. Um, uh, about a week and a half ago, I think it was, the ICC prosecutor, the prosecutor of the International Criminal Court, came to visit the the, the border between the Gaza Strip and Egypt. Karim and- Khan, a, a British Karim Khan. Seems like yes. a pretty decent
0: guy, but he was anxious to get in through areas. I don't know if Israel let him.
1: The um, Rafa he- border. He was he was uh, um, uh, not allowed in by anyone. <laughs> so um, uh, right, uh, the the the, the Rafah border is between Egypt and the Gaza Strip. It's basically it's controlled by Hamas on one side and by the Egyptian government on the other. And they didn't allow him to to be admitted. Israel um, Israel's not allowed him into its territory. But what I wanted to point out about uh, uh, Kareem Khan, he was uh, asked. He gave a press conference in Cairo afterwards in which he was discussing uh, 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 illegality. And um, he did mention, and this is actually unusual for uh, an international figure. He did acknowledge that uh, there there's uh, serious charges against the Hamas terrorists that <laughs> uh, of hostage taking, of carrying out atrocities uh, uh, during their attack. Now he was very careful when he mentioned them. He said, alleged, 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 alleged. He said, you know, it has to be proved, it has to be proved, it has to be proved. Now, you know, that's fair enough. He's a a prosecutor for a court. You have to meet your burden of proof. Um, On the other hand, when he was talking about Israel, he dropped all that stuff about alleged and proved, and he said... um, Israel um um uh has to allow uh 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 humanitarian supplies Israel's not allowing some humanitarian supplies, and that he went past that And he said uh, Israel's targeting decisions you know Israel is striking civilians now it's you know Israel has to prove that every one of its targets is a valid target now that's Israel's a double standard yeah Israel doesn't have to prove that no no defendant has to prove their innocence um, uh, it's for the prosecutor to, to prove guilt. And so what he's setting up is a standard, and this is apparently the standard they use in the international criminal court, everybody in the world, except for Israelis, except for Jews, everyone in the world is presumed innocent and the the prosecutor has to prove guilt. When it comes to Israel and the Jews, they have to prove their innocence, and the ICC can just sit back and, and pronounce everybody guilty on the Israeli side without having to make any uh, uh, showing of proof. Now, that's that's the very definition of a double standard, um, and that is the problem. The problem here is not uh, um, Israeli conduct. The problem here is the, the absorption over years of these double standards by which um, Israel is always presumed guilty.
0: And I, yeah, I mean, he's he rushed here because they already have a standing investigation dating back to the rocket war in 2014, and there was an African lady, the state prosecutor uh, uh, the prosecutor for the ICC back then, who made sure the investigation started the day after the abduction of three uh, Jewish yeshiva students down in the Gush Etzean block. And so that you don't have the cause of the whole conflict uh, quite quite uh, um, diabolic of of her to do that, but that's already. I guess this conflict is just going to be added to that. Do you think it's going to get uh, serious uh, attention by him, given the war crimes in Ukraine and other problems?
1: Well, I, yeah the, the 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 International Criminal Court has been working on this since before even 2014 um, um and before even Fatu Bansouda she was the the former prosecutor um, um back in the days of uh uh of Okampo you know the the prior prior um uh, uh prosecutor the the ICC uh, team was already working together with the PLO to try to figure out a basis for um jurisdiction and charges against uh, Israelis um and which is a it's a difficult matter because the court doesn't have jurisdiction unless the state accepts its uh uh jurisdiction Israel's not accepted the ICC and so it doesn't really have uh jurisdiction but nonetheless they've been co- coming up with these theories now for more than a decade by which mm-hmm. the court could get hold of prosecuting Israelis and it's just been running straight through it doesn't the 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 ICC doesn't uh investigate by individual acts. It investigates by what it calls situations, and situations are basically something happening in a place over a long period of time. Mm -hmm. So what they're investigating is what they call the situation in Palestine Mm -hmm. um, uh, since uh, 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 2015. That's That's the name of their investigation, and the aim of their investigation, it's been clear from the very beginning, is to bring charges against Israelis. Um, there's no indication of any serious effort to charge uh, uh, Palestinian criminals. And I would be very surprised if even the latest atrocities by Hamas result in anybody uh, being put on trial, any Palestinian being put on trial in the court. What I can guarantee you, um, and this is very unfortunate, but there will be charges against Israelis, and I don't know what they will relate to um but that's the whole purpose of this investigation the whole purpose of the investigation is to cook up something that will justify uh charges against israelis and presumably of non crimes but i don't believe that they they have any expectation of of a conviction um the idea is simply to have charges against israel that's that's the purpose of the investigation and that's where it will get yeah
0: i remember when uh, kareem khan Came, first came in uh, a year or so ago uh, that uh, he made some comment that he was most interested in this question of whether the Israeli settlement uh, activity is is a, a, a war crime. Uh, but look, uh, if we get into some of the incidents, Israel says it struck an ambulance because uh, it had Hamas fighters in it, and you're not immune if you're in an ambulance, if you're if you're a
1: combatant. Yeah, I, well, let's put this the other way. If you are a combatant and you are using uh, an ambulance in order to try to shield yourself, you are committing a crime. The Hamas fighters in that ambulance are committing a, a, a war crime that um, if you believe that uh, uh, the ICC has jurisdiction over the situation, it has jurisdiction over that crime. And the crime is uh, uh, abusing humanitarian symbols. Right. Um, uh, It's trying to use the very humanitarian protections of the law to shield yourself from military action. So Hamas there is committing a crime. On the other hand, once you do this, once you make an ambulance a shield, um, as a legal matter, it's no longer an ambulance. It's a legitimate military target. and that means it can be targeted along with anything else. And so it's the same thing, you know, with the ambulances or, or you, you, there's there's going to be at some point a confrontation about Shifa Hospital. Shifa Hospital is a hospital where uh, Hamas, for, for more than a decade, has located its command and control center in the basement. And everyone knows this. It's discussed in, you know, you can see reports in the Washington Post going back a decade, um, uh, Amnesty International actually had a report in 2014 about how uh, Hamas used um, empty outpatient clinics in Shifa Hospital as torture chambers for domestic opponents. Right I, I, there, there's no doubt whatsoever that Shifa is used by Hamas as uh, military headquarters and to carry out various kinds of war crimes at the same time as patients are being uh, treated there. Uh, the patients are are being used as human shields by by Hamas. Now, it's it's a moral challenge. How do we get the patients out of there so that um, we can attack uh, Hamas with minimal collateral damage? But that said, you know, according to the laws of war, that hospital is is not immune from attack. That hospital is a legitimate military target because it is a military headquarters of Hamas. And the the challenge for Israel is simply how to do this with the minimum uh, collateral damage, to rescue as many of the human shields as possible from Hamas. I think this brings up this
0: whole issue of proportionality, the charges that Israel has a disproportionate response. I think even some defenders of Israel... Uh, when they talk about this, they don't quite understand it. Can you run us through this? Say you've got a guy with a gun in one of the rooms shooting out a window of the hospital at Israeli forces. How do you go
1: through the the issue of proportionality to take him out? So, okay, so it, it, proportionality, this comes from what I mentioned at the very beginning. This comes from Aquinas's moral theory, right? And what the rule of proportionality is in 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 the laws of war is it says when you are um, attacking something legitimate, legitimate you know, a military target, a fighter in the window of a hospital, right? right? Um, When you're attacking a legitimate military target, um, you can do so even though you know for certain that innocence will be harmed, as long as the harm to innocence is not clearly uh, um, exaggerated. It's not uh, uh, um, excessive Mm -hmm. in relation to the military necessity. And the military necessity is taking out the target. The military necessity is defeating the enemy. That's the way the laws of war war work. So um, if Israel looks at a fighter shooting out of a hospital window, can it return fire towards the the Hamas terrorist in the window? And the answer is obviously yes. Israel can do so up to the point where the collateral damage is expected to be excessive. Now, what's excessive? It, it doesn't mean um, uh, um, excessive according to some number scale, because we don't have such a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's what would um, a reasonable military commander in a similar situation consider to be excessive? And and you can tell the, 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 the answer to that. By looking at what do military commanders in law abiding armies, you know, like let's say U.S. uh, forces, what would they do in similar situations? Now, what I can tell you is that U.S. forces um, operating, let's say, in Iraq against uh, against, uh, ISIS um, or in Afghanistan against Al Qaeda and and the Taliban um, would have um, uh, civilians. Would end up with collateral civilian damage that was many multiples of the number of terrorists uh, that they killed. The the, the 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 physical destruction carried out by U.S. forces was enormous, and it just it, it that's because that's the way it has to be when you're fighting against someone like Al Qaeda or ISIS or Hamas that deliberately uses human shields. That is, they don't play fair. It's it's worse than they don't play fear. What they're they're you know they are the bank robber that is you know hiding themselves behind uh, the hostage that, that they just mm-hmm. took. They they want the hostages to be harmed. They want right that the the whole point is to create human misery in order to uh, uh, profit from it, mm-hmm. and so it creates a horrible situation. But it, it, the the dilemma, the answer to the dilemma is clear to any reasonable military commander, which is when they take hold of the hospital and they are using the patients as human shields, you cannot give them immunity. If you do, you're just encouraging them to use more human shields and to create more human misery. You have to take them out.
0: Yeah, I think there have been quite a few studies that showed that uh, uh, the ratio of civilian to combatant deaths uh, in Israel's uh, actions against, especially in uh, Hamas and combatants in Gaza, is uh, the ratio of civilian deaths is far lower than, say, the British and Americans in Iraq Absolutely. and Afghanistan. Absolutely. Well documented.
1: Yeah. I, I, is, in Israeli actions, it's roughly one to one. Um and in um, uh, US and UK uh, fighting, it's far in excess of that. You know, it's it's the, the numbers are hard to count up because the terrorists don't give us accurate uh, 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 figures. But uh, apparently, it's something between two and three uh, civilian deaths for every combatant death. And I, I don't say this saying criticizing US and UK forces. I, I think that they're doing, uh, the best that they can. I, I actually think this is a criticism of Israeli forces. Israeli forces may be being excessively cautious, right? Um, Israel is is holding back fire in cases where other uh, 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 combating fighters won't, and and the cost of that is um, Israeli soldiers die. Israeli soldiers are put in harm's way in order to save um, uh, the human shields uh, that are being used by Hamas. Um, And it's not that I don't have uh, uh, compassion for the human shields. I most certainly do. But I think that Israel is entitled to use greater force to protect its soldiers. Do you know of any uh, solid uh, data on
0: Russian actions and the ratios there?
1: Uh, Asking this about Russia is a little bit uh, uh, silly because the Russians don't care. I, I, I wouldn't put the Russians in the same category as Hamas. They're not of that level of depravity. But they don't particularly care about rules of proportionality, and so mm-hmm. they're not going to give us figures. And they don't particularly care about.
0: It. Yeah, they they've uh, been put under investigation by the ICC as well, the International Criminal Court in in The Hague. But I don't think they've signed on to that, or uh, is it the Rome Statute themselves? Anyway,
1: right? They 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 have not. Um, uh, the basis for for the ICC jurisdiction is a little bit uh, sketchy. Um, but nonetheless, the the um, the ICC has put out uh, uh, arrest warrants. It's, it's put out a, a warrant for uh, Putin, mm-hmm. and and this gets a yeah, and, That's and the this just mass- occurs
0: around Kiev, Buchan, and other areas. I mean.
1: yeah, and uh, it's just that w- w- this gets us to another bit about the ICC. I you know the the fact is that the international legal system does not function, right? Yeah. So it's very nice that he puts out this arrest warrant, but w- we know that Putin will never see the inside of a courtroom. Um, it's, it's more a propaganda effort than anything else. And, and in the, the case of Russia, um, it, they're really going after bad guys. So I don't mind the, the propaganda effort in the case of, uh, uh Israel and, and Hamas, they're going after the good guys. And it's, so uh, it's all that much worse that all they're doing is propaganda for the bad guys. Okay.
0: So, uh, our hypothetical, the guy in the window shooting in a hospital, you can't, Bring down the whole hospital. You have to be proportional, and Israel is good at at smaller munitions hitting pinpoint targets than any other army. Well, you could. It, it,
1: it's you don't. Let, let Let's again. Let's be clear. What do you mean by proportionate? Right? Can you bring down the hospital? Uh, maybe, and it depends on what else you think is what there. Else is there? Yeah. Right. But, but in general, um, the idea is you don't want to cause exaggerated collateral damage, right? So if you see the fighter in the window, and that's all you see, and you have no reason to believe that behind it, there's anything else, and, and you don't expect that the entire room behind him is full of patients that are, are, are stuck in this one room, then yeah, you're gonna, you go as you shoot for the room. Um, but it's always contextual, it's always a question of do you you know who do you think is there what's the nature of the target and do you think it's going to be exaggerated um, in collateral damage? It may be that uh, uh, if you think that the the hospital is empty, that in fact the best option is actually take down the whole hospital, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's you can't say without knowing the context what is the right response to something like that. It's what, when when people say uh, proportionality and they give you one or two facts and say, well, the result is clearly whatever, um, uh, they're not understanding the rule. The rule of proportionality doesn't have anything to do with proportions. It has to do with being cautious not to have excessive collateral damage. Yeah,
0: And a targeting decision like that, you, the Israeli military has a whole bank of JAG Corps officers who are helping weigh the balance there, like uh, many other Western armies so there's a yeah that so is
1: a liberal training to help make those decisions many of them are my students right so uh, <laughs> yeah it's 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 not an easy job you know you're going along some of them they're going along with a with the uh, troops and they're they're in the situation and right. uh giving an answer
0: all right we've spent uh, enough time trying to help people out there defend Israel but let's talk about Hamas I don't know if there's Ever been such and in modern times since the Holocaust, perhaps such and maybe maybe the Khmer Rouge in Cambodia, the Darfur or or what happened in Rwanda, but so well documented. None of that is documented like what Hamas did on October seventh, and especially against the Jewish people. This is clear cases of of war crimes uh, and even genocide ethnic cleansing by Hamas by Palestinians correct yeah I, I,
1: this is I, I, this is the largest one-day toll of Jews murdered in, a, in an attack since the Holocaust mm-hmm. um, yeah, um but it's also um it's one of the great atrocities of 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 recent decades um and yeah you're right there you know people do some depraved things in this world the Khmer Rouge, uh, you look at the at the, the genocide in, in in Rwanda. People have done some really really awful things over the years. Um, what's unusual about the Hamas attack is not simply that it was targeted at the the Jews and this this awful toll. Um, it's also their their pride in it. Um, uh, so they went around with with cameras to record themselves engaging in the most depraved acts. And as a result, there are these films, and and I have to say, I I, I was very reluctant to watch them. I don't want to see this. I, I, I don't think that you're that you're the same person after you see this kind of human evil. Um, but but you can see these just awful things—the things that no human being should do. Um, I, I, I there's there's uh, um uh cases where you know the 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 uh, forensics find that you know the you have the children tied up in one side of the kitchen, and the the parents tied up in the other side of the kitchen, and um, um, the uh, the their eyes gouged out and limbs chopped off, and and it's clear that they took their time in in murdering these people and torturing them in front of one another, right? The the, the, Lord, the you know, the idea is to cause to cause this human misery, you know, that like that to to play on. The love people have for their parents and their children, and their siblings, you know. Um, but it, it's it's much. You know, you you have these even worse things. I you know I don't even know how to describe it. There's this film you can see where uh, there's a, a masked guy who shoots shoots a, a farmer in the belly. The guy is uh, uh, clearly uh, dying of his wounds, and the uh, terrorist grabs a hoe to try to behead the dying, uh, uh, farmer and the hoe is unable to do it. And so he keeps, you know, striking again and again. It just, the, the, depravity behind this is enormous. And you're right. These are not just war crimes. They're crimes against humanity. Um, they're crimes of genocide and they're crimes of terrorism. Terrorism is an international crime as well. This is, this is the most obvious set of, of crimes imaginable. It just, the problem is, again, as I said, we don't really have an international legal system, and so um, there isn't really going to there isn't really a, a, an institution that's capable of dealing with this. And with all due respect for the ICC, you know, even if it were to get to get past its double standards, even if it were to decide to actually prosecute the bad guys instead of the good guys, um, it's not clear how they could carry out uh, a, a serious set of prosecutions against. The Hamas criminals, because they would never be able to get their hands on them, right? Mm-hmm. They, like they, they couldn't be brought into court. Um, we will have, I presume, in Israel, some trials of those handful of people, those handful of Hamas terrorists that have fallen, you know, were captured by uh, uh, by Israel. But most of them will never face justice until you know they go meet their Lord. Yeah, I I, I know
0: there's talk of like a open tribunal to show the world what happened do you support the the um revival of the death penalty in israel for these sort of uh, crimes has it they haven't uh, executed someone since adolf
1: heichmann in uh, what 60 or something yeah I don't remember the date of Eichmann but there are a few there are only a few statutes in Israel that permit for the death penalty There's already a move uh, in the Knesset to revive the death penalty for this but it's not I don't think it's necessary because there one of the statutes that permits uh, the death penalty is um uh, the cri- the uh, uh, statute against genocide uh, p- people who commit genocide are liable for the death penalty and I think it is clear Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in, in Israel okay. um okay. and and therefore it can be done it's a question of more of, of desire rather than a question of does the law permit it um and um i if there are people who deserve the death penalty um the hamas terrorists who carried out this atrocity are absolutely them mm-hmm. right um so uh but i don't know i don't know how this is going to work out it, it, in a certain way it seems just inadequate right to uh, to hold a, a um um a trial for the junior terrorists that carried out the uh, um yeah the atrocities um, um even if they get the death penalty it doesn't it doesn't really bring the full scope of the crime to, to justice
0: yeah yeah look um i I've seen the the footage the forty five minutes or so that uh have a uh, Israel uh, government press office uh, press card and went in and watched it. And, you know, I I think there's actually stuff circulating out already on social media that's just as bad. And they actually go easy on us. They didn't show a lot of the mutilations of live people, the rapes and, and such. But for me, one of the hardest things to watch there was the glee of not only the terrorists, but people back in Gaza when they brought bodies and dumped them and the, the absolute rejoicing over, over depravity and, and slaughter. I, 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 it was very disturbing. And I think uh, you know, what I want, to, want you to touch on now is is the United Nations itself, which is pressuring Israel and all their organs are out there, every forum, this is, you know, uh, turned into a cemetery for children and all this, all this stuff. But especially UNRWA, the refugee agency, has allowed Hamas for de- several decades now to indoctrinate and brainwash another generation and another generation to jihad, glorifying martyrdom. Is the UN itself complicit
1: in what has, uh, what Gaza has become? Uh, absolutely, but let's let's understand that way. I, I, this this is a question of moral complicity rather than legal complicity, and, and the truth is we don't really have a legal, legal framework for dealing with the problem that you have in Gaza. What you have in Gaza is it's not just that you have uh, the terrorists themselves who have, bear legal responsibility for the, their crimes. But you also have a much larger population that supports the terrorists that you know when when they have the opportunity to vote, which is quite rare. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but when they have had it, they voted for Hamas, uh, the the most popular party in the welfare society. Isn't that what they always said? <laughs> yeah, not not exactly, right? That's mm-hmm. uh, it's like describing the 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 Nazi party as you know as a as a social union, right? The, yes. No, it's it's Um, But it's not like people in the Gaza Strip don't know what Hamas is, right? And so um, you have a very large society which believes in, accepts these depraved values. Um, The law doesn't have a framework for this, right? There's no, you know, the the law does not have a framework for viewing, you know, how do you denazify a society, right? Right. Or what do you do when uh, uh, people have adopted, when the masses have adopted this fundamental evil into their hearts? And we don't have a law that deals with this. And yeah, when you talk about the UN, what you're talking about is an organization that in in so many different sub-institutions in so many different ways have encouraged this, have encouraged the, the poisoning of the hearts of of Palestinians indoctrinating them into this uh genocidal hatred into this acceptance of depravity uh you you talk about UNRWA, you write the the refugee agency for the Palestinians there was a report that was put out I think it was about 15 years ago where um the 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 head said, look uh, uh, yeah it's true that uh our our most of our employees are, or are sympathetic or at least we have a very large number of uh, of employees that are Hamas, and uh, yeah, pro- probably the labor unions in UNRWA are controlled by Hamas. But so what? You know, that's that's not our problem. I, I, you know that that to me that's that itself is is a deep moral failure. And um, um, when when the UN agencies allow this to happen, yes, they are morally failing us. But we don't have a legal tool to deal with something like that.
0: I I find it outrageous that to this day that uh, the United Nations, none of its organs, the Security Council, nor the General Assembly, has condemned uh, what Hamas did on October 7th. To this day, uh, they they have no moral standing in my eyes and legitimacy anymore. Um, uh, You were a former uh, uh, colleague, researcher at the Jerusalem Center for Public Affairs, now They uh, released something uh, over the past couple weeks that says there is, in the 1948 convention, an international treaty convention on the prevention of genocide, um, uh, it says advocating religious holy war aimed at creating a regional Islamic entity encompassing the whole of the territory of Israel is a violation of the, the Convention on Preventing Genocide. So there may be something there, but UNRWA says, look, we have to uh, accept the curriculum of the local authorities no matter where we are. I, UNRWA needs to get out of Gaza then. Right,
1: they have well, a choice actually, about this. They don't have to be there. Let, 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 let me make this a, a, a little sharper, OK? There, yeah, the Genocide Convention, and by the way, the Israeli law that adopts the Genocide Convention, um, makes it a crime not just to commit genocide. It makes it a crime to incite to genocide. Yeah. And there have been cases on this, right? On, on this, there is law, right, because uh, unfortunately, there was a genocide in Rwanda. There was a special uh, international tribunal on Rwanda. And people were brought up on charges, of, among other things, inciting to genocide. Um, and um, the, there are people who are convicted of the crime of inciting to genocide by, for, for simpler acts than, than you'd than, uh, uh, what UNRWA does, well, UNRWA teachers do. Right? Um, people would uh, 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 give speeches to mobs that have carried out killings and they would just say, you've done good work. Right? And you, by saying you've done good work, that was convictable incitement to genocide. Now, if that's the way we're looking at it, there is a, a large part of the world that has incited to genocide, mm-hmm. but it's not realistic. It's really, it's not realistic to to, to uh, put on trial all the many many people who have praised Hamas acts of genocide. It just, mm-hmm. I, I and mean, then we get to <laughs> well beyond. Um, any realistic possibility of any legal process ever. So yes, it's true that uh, in that sense, if we're talking about incitement to genocide, it goes well beyond UNRWA. I mean, I, uh, uh, you can watch the TV screens and you can see people who are telling Hamas good work you mm. know, for for uh, acts of genocide, and uh, that is incitement to genocide. Right? But Al Jazeera would be guilty. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Absolutely. I think that if you are sticking sticking to the letter of the law, I think that Al Jazeera is a an institution that incites to genocide. But it's not realistic. It's not realistic to put them on trial.
0: it's uh, a shame. This is the battle we have when we stand up with Israel. Even Christians who are defending and standing with Israel, we're we're told we're complicit in the in the bloodshed going on in Gaza. The innocent civilians. We're going to stand with Israel and and on just reasons and causes. Amen. Look, Avi, uh, Professor Avi Bell, it's been an excellent presentation. We really thank you. I think our time is up for now, but uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, all the best. Uh, in uh, You've got a conference there that uh, you're uh, teaching in the days ahead, and uh, we'll probably have to call on you again, unfortunately on these very difficult and complex legal issues. But uh, thank you for your time.
1: And thank you, and and God bless you for all you do. All
0: right, uh, that's our uh, webinar for today on the the charges of war crimes in Gaza. Remember, we had yesterday IDF Progress in Gaza. We heard from my uh, IDF spokesman, Jonathan Conraikas, and IDF Major uh, Elliot Chadoff on how well Israel's war plan is going on. You can find today's program and yesterday's, uh, today's on the uh, war crimes in Gaza, on uh, the ICEJ's official uh, YouTube page, YouTube channel, also on our Facebook page. They'll be there over the weekend. Please uh, share it with your friends. And for those, uh, we, we uh, everyone, we encourage you to stay tuned. Thank you, and God bless you from Jerusalem.